0: This is Ozarks at Large for Friday, April eighth. Ahead this hour, my co-host Rachel Sanchez Smith will tell us about the inaugural SoulCon that's ending today in Fayetteville. But we begin with our friend Michael Tilley from Talk Business and Politics, who is joining us by phone from his office in Fort Smith. Welcome, Michael.
1: Hey, thanks for having me back.
0: All right, we're gonna we're gonna crunch some numbers. Let's start with oh, I don't know, home sales for the Fort Smith Metro. They've been rising for a while now. What's the latest?
1: Well, you know, yes, they have for the past couple of years, even through a pandemic, you know, and we kept thinking that it would slow down. And it's not just a Fort Smith Metro situation. It's nationwide. But we, you know, I've been on the look, not that I'm looking for uh, bad numbers, but, you know, you just, you're looking, always looking for trends. And I think we may be seeing an early trend. Uh, there's not enough data in to really call it a trend, so I, I, I shouldn't use the word. But, um, but back up a little bit. The the value of the sales for homes in the Fort Smith metro, and that's primarily homes. Uh, more than 50% of that is homes in Sebastian and Crawford County. There's some in East, uh, just eastern Oklahoma. Um, uh, some in Franklin, Logan, and Scott, but most of it's right in the heart of the metro area. But those sales totaled 110.5 million uh in the in the first two months of um uh the year that was up almost 22%. So it's a health, the value is a healthy gain uh compared to the same period last year. There were 537 homes sold in the first two months. And that's just up slightly from 513. So that's a little bit of a smaller growth in the number of home sales. So um, and a part of that we've seen that to some extent, uh, because there just aren't as many homes to se- to to sell. There're not as many homes on the market. Um, and we're seeing that in the days on uh, market uh, declining significantly. some case um, for some counties, the days on market declines as more than thirty days. Um, so uh, so what to back on onto the trend. What we saw in Sebastian County, which of course is the largest county in the metro area for the first few months, the number of homes sold was 234, and that was down from 257 in the first two months of 2021. And the value of those homes sold was 48.3 million 3, 3, 7 million. It was just below the 48.345 million in the same period of 2021. So Um now home sales in Crawford County was up. There was 104 sold the first few months, compared to 88 in the first few months of last year. That value was 21 million, up over 16 million in the same period of last year. So that we're not seeing that trend in Crawford, but um talking to Ashley Milton, she's an executive broker with Chuck Fawcett Realty in Fort Smith who provided these numbers. Some other realtors we talked to, what we're seeing, Kyle, is kind of a combination of, again, of not enough homes to be sold and interest rates are starting to rise. And so that could take some of the steam, or or if they rise as much as the Fed has hinted, will take some of the steam out of the housing market, not just in the metro area, uh, but nationwide. So um, anyway, I don't want to call it a trend yet, but it was – this is the first time um, in two, maybe three years, Kyle, that I've seen uh, a dip uh, in Sebastian County home sales in terms of the number and the value for, a, for, the, for the period that we've measured.
0: Interesting. I mean, could if, if, if this is the beginning of, of a slightly different trend, could it just be that it can't continue forever?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you're always yes. uh, No economic cycle continues unabated. Um, But um, frankly, I've been surprised it's lasted this long. I think um, there has anybody that's watched the market knows there has to be some balance. For example, you know, I said the value of the sales is up almost twenty two percent for the whole metro area. You can't continue to have double digit sales increase. Cause you're, you're eventually your prices, you know, there's an old maxim in economics that the cure for high prices uh, is higher prices. And so, because you eventually the market just won't sustain it and the buyers or the, yeah, the buyers won't be able to afford it. And so you reach that price point. Uh, You you reach that point in the market where the price point is going to be pulled down because demand pulls down. So um, I may be getting too technical there, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some of that beginning this year, especially later in the year as we see some um, more significant interest rate hikes um, uh, come to reality.
0: Well, if you want to talk trends, let's talk building permit trends for the Fort Smith Metro. Comparing March
1: 2022 to March 2021, up, up, up. Yeah, just a tad bit. So, and now, and this has some overlap. On what we just talked about on the housing market so uh right um the Forsyth, greenwood and van buren the three cities we measure they had a combined value of almost 33 million permits in march that was up a little over 65 percent from the same period last year uh, and for the year to date for the first three months of 2022 um the building permit values are almost 137 million that's compared to just a little over 64 million last year. So some big hits. Now part of that, um, what we're seeing, Kyle, is a. is a obviously we've had a large number of permits already pulled for this 160 million dollar expansion at Mercy uh, in Fort Smith. Um, and but we're also seeing some. Um, um, continued, uh, other continued commercial projects. We saw, seen a couple of convenience stores in the area, a uh, uh, $3.5 million bank project um, uh, and a and $5 million permitted for this um, RV park on Riverfront Drive, which uh, will be a story hopefully we'll talk about in the near future. So you're having some big commercial permits um, pushed into that, Um, but you're also seeing, I, I like to see, you know, when the growth is broad is when you see some of the outlying cities like Van Buren and Greenwood, they're having some significant increases also. For example, Van Buren, their activity in the first three months of the year uh, is up over 377%. That's a couple large, um, projects, um, primarily related to the um, school district. Um, Greenwood, um through the years um seen a forty five almost a forty five percent increase uh in building permit value. so we're seeing broad um gains, and this is as we' talked about the housing industry, the building sector has also continued through the last continued to rise through the last two or three years um and we'll see um how that trends, but I don't see any downward trend uh, in this building activity. Um, and frankly, I'll be surprised if there's much of a downward trend in residential construction. I think that's something we're going to take a closer look at when we get a few more months under our belt, because as I said earlier, the housing market's so constrained, there's not enough houses to sell. So I, I think they're going to continue to build into that low supply.
0: Right. As long as we're comparing numbers, let's compare some numbers that can be found in an article right now at TalkBusiness.net about salaries in the Fort Smith Public School District. Superintendent's salary 14, almost fourteen and a half percent higher than his salary that was approved December 30th, 2020. Certified staff pay in that same time frame has increased about one point one percent.
1: That's a difference. Yeah. That's, look, that's the story. I'm not going to speak to it. More than that, now the school district would tell you that we're not comparing apples to apples, and maybe we're not, but we're not, we're not very far off. Uh, the school district would also tell you that they have yet to set um, new salary uh, increases for paid certified staff. And I've had a couple of school board members say, hey, this is not fair. We set the superintendent's pay first, and then we come to staff and faculty second. I think that is um, incredibly tone deaf politically um, because it's hard for a school district. I think to tell me your, your staff and your teachers are your number one priority. When you set all the admin pay first at much higher levels than has been certified staff pay in the past and then say, Oh, we're going to get around to staff and faculty second. Um, So it's just, uh, and it's been, we've got a, a lot of traffic in the story. Been a lot of comment on social media. Um, I think that that political tone deafness of the school district um, is. That's not just my interpretation. I think a lot of folks see this as kind of, uh, hey, hey, boys and girls, you guys have it really backward. So it'll be interesting to see how the school district, uh, how the school board uh, responds.
0: Tina Dale's report on that can be found right now at talkbusiness.net. So much more there as well. Michael Tilly joins us almost every Friday from his Ford Smith office, as he did today. Michael, thanks so much.
1: All right. I know you're excited with the, uh, the uh, Major League Baseball season started, so enjoy.
0: We've got baseball through late October,
2: so <laughs> nothing to complain about there. KUAF is supported by TC Screen Printing and Apparel. And the Arkansas Shirt Club, offering a subscription-based monthly mail delivery of Arkansas-themed t-shirts celebrating the good people, outdoors, and places called home. Subscription information and more are available at ArkansasShirtClub.com. When caring for a seriously ill loved one, the journey shouldn't be taken alone. Circle of Life Hospice can help. Services are covered by Medicare, Medicaid, and private insurance. No one is turned away based on an inability to pay. 750-6632 or nwacircleoflife.com for information.
3: This is Ozarks at Large. This week, Arkansas held its first conference designed specifically for media professionals of color. SoulCon, hosted by Arkansas Soul Media, features three days of workshops, networking opportunities, and keynote speakers from all lanes of journalism. Nikita Reed, director of Arkansas Soul, says she and her staff formed SoulCon with the intention of bridging the gap between accessibility and success for writers and creatives in the media industry.
4: SoulCon came about because we saw our dual mission and purpose is not only to provide content and news and information to BIPOC audiences, but also to embrace our our fellow media professionals of color. Um, we have a lot of people who are submitting content to our platform, and, you know, sometimes they don't quite know what to submit, what we're looking for, and that's not unique to us as a media company. Um, they want to send their stuff to, like, Arkansas PBS or different types of publications and um, networks, avenues, and so we say, well, why don't we all just get together and talk about some of our challenges in the industry, in the field, um, how do we level up, get the skills we need, and also network with one, one another, um, and, of course... Arkansas also would love to use this as an opportunity to recruit talent. And I think that's my favorite part about this conference being in Northwest Arkansas. We were intent on bringing the 50 media professionals of color to this wonderful region with the idea, like, this could be your life, (laughs) you could work here, you could live here, see yourself here. But yeah, ultimately to, for us to all level up, to learn from each other, to share our work um, and to network and, you know, build relationships.
3: I mean, did you see yourself represented? Were there other peers that looked like you that had similar experiences and be able to, like, tell from
4: those? Sure. Well, I think first and foremost, we are dedicated to supporting home team Arkansas. How many media conferences based in Arkansas have you seen? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. And, And then on top of that, dedicated to BIPOC media professionals. I
3: haven't seen... Some of the bigger conferences Mm -hmm. maybe have a small section and themselves have admitted, you know, we're still growing this
4: diversity section. But I mean, this is a this is a rare find. Yes. And that was that was our goal. Um, We wanted to bring us together in a protected space. So we feel comfortable talking about things that we might not necessarily bring up when we're with our other colleagues, you know, who aren't of color, I should say. Um, And also it's the cost factor. Now, I've been in the game for a while, and I've been to some conferences, and you're going to spend at least 500 and that might just be for your pass. Yes. So we wanted this to be accessible, affordable. Um, we're capping at 150 and we even found sponsors who were like, if they can't even pay that, we got you. Let us know, and we'll cover their fee. And
3: this conference isn't just aimed at mid-career or leadership
4: um, Journalists that are in leadership, editors, Mm
3: -hmm. this is for all
4: journalists. Absolutely. We have something for everyone. There are some workshops that may be a little bit more advanced, but I don't want that to deter people who are entry level or even students. I designed it that way. I want students to mix in with the professionals. I want you to be lost and confused because guess what? You can be like, I want to get on that level I don't want you just staying with the babies come (laughs) roll with the big dogs. That's the best way you're going to learn. So, yeah, you might be lost and you might not know what the heck we're talking about, but you will. You will. Jump in that that deep (laughs) end. We got you. We're not going to let you drown. Why is it important to have a
3: dedicated, specific space for BIPOC creators?
4: I think we have a dedicated space. You know it's real. You know this isn't just something to check off a box or a checklist. Like, You know this was um, designed for you and designed for people who look like you, who are going through the same challenges and things as you. And you don't have to put anything aside. You don't have to bottle anything up or present something that – you might feel worried about. It's just come as you are come connect with people who are going through a lot of the same things you are. That's that sacred space. You don't have to explain yourself, you know, or feel awkward about bringing stuff up. So th- I think that is a big part of the importance of protecting that space. And I had a couple of people who aren't BIPOC reach out and say, I know. And I was just like, yeah, thank you for respecting that. Oh <laughs> yes. I don't know, they were probably thinking <laughs> oh but but I did offer volunteer, you know, and we it's not like white people can't. <laughs> Y'all ain't allowed them. It's not that. Um, but, If you respect our space, of course you could join us, but I think a lot of um, folks on that side are coming to just help and support in their respect in that space, which I am so grateful for. So help us protect that, help us build, because that's going to build our confidence, and that's how we know this is going to be genuinely for us, about us, and by us. And the space was and felt confident and lively.
3: I attended the Leadership Trajectory conversation Wednesday, which tackled how journalists and aspiring writers should go from getting their foot in the door to the newsroom to directing the newsroom itself. Moderator Antoinette Grajeda, editor-in-chief of Arkansas Soul, asked guest speakers Ebony Harding Kendrick from THV11 and Amy Sullivan from KATV about their experiences.
5: We know that in order for it to change, we have to be in the room, right? But being in the room is not always easy. Mm -hmm. And being in certain places is not always easy. I mean, is there a point at which it's like you have to take care of your mental health and your, you know, more than, because, like, if you're out of places or come a point where you're just like, I've tried, and this place is not going to change. Like, you have to just, like, cut your losses and go somewhere else. Because I know Mm -hmm. we all, like, ideally, we want everywhere to be equal and, and great and whatever, but there are just some places where you're just like, no one's listening, and no one's making a change. Mm. I'm miserable. Like, what? You know what I mean? Like, is, is that is that fair, or is that or is that giving up? I
4: feel like you're. Well, I'm sorry. Oh. I feel know? like you're giving up. Yes. Because you could reach outside. Like a lot of mm-hmm. us are members of journalism
5: organizations mm-hmm. that apply a lot of pressure. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. To get change. Okay. Part of. Amy coming to Arkansas right. was the product in ABJ stepping into the room yes right literally mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> uh, literally the, they, yes I they did see literally some, came to, to, to the station things. okay um,
6: and but yeah the and and I I am and don't get me wrong my general manager he like kind of lets me do my thing sure. but I call it, I have I corporate at any time and I tell them look this and this and this and this needs to change and I need help right now and uh-huh. I get to at To me, giving up is not an option because mm, it's
3: too is. important and it, it doesn't make sense. It, who, who am I going to shove it off to? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to do the work. Right. Right. If, Somebody's got if do the work for us. Right. If okay. I don't make the change, who's going to make the change? Right, right. Right. Because Lord knows if I can't fix it, you might as well burn it down. That was KTV News Director Amy Sullivan. If you weren't able to attend SoulCon this year, digital passes with some of the highlights from the conference will be available for the next six months at soulconmedia.org. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Rachel Sanchez-Smith.
7: I traveled to different countries. I traveled to foreign lands. I found nobody could tell me just what is a soul of a man. I want somebody.
0: That's Donna Hurilla's take on the Blind Willie Johnson classic, The Soul of a Man. The Donna Hurilla Trio will be at the Fayetteville Public Library next week, presenting a free concert Thursday night along with local favorites, Brickfields. The show is in the library's still-new event center. That event center, completed during the pandemic, has hosted theater, Governor Asa Hutchinson, meetings, and other musical acts already, but Thursday night's performance feels a bit like an opening. Earlier this week, we invited David Johnson, the executive director of the library, and Paul Kelso, host of KUAF's Generic Blue Show, to the Anthony and Susan Hoy News Studio to talk about the upcoming show and the performers. David Johnson says the library is thrilled to be hosting the show.
8: If you think back to where a lot of our ideas around the purpose for the event center were, the fact that we would be bringing in large shows and doing things in the walker room to packed crowds and uh, if many people were called live uh, Roots Fest broadcast we would talk about we've got this big venue coming so that we can do more and more free programming for the for the community and this event center uh, was in the, in our mind and a lot of the way we designed it was for live music and so to, to finally get to bring a show to town and, and showcase to the community uh, a live professional tour touring band. Um, We're excited about that opportunity.
0: It's part of a big music weekend that I want to get to in a few minutes, but uh, Paul Kelso, host of Generic Blue Show. We're familiar, most of us here are familiar with Brick Fields, right, who's on... on I'd hope
9: so. ...on the bill that Thursday, April 21st. Great local entertainers. Right. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Who else is on this bill? Her name is Donna Harula, and I first met her about 10 years ago in Helen, Arkansas, during the King Biscuit. And they could have shot straight up north and gone back home because they live around Chicago. But I invited them to come all the way across the state for an interview. So she and her husband came in, brought in their guitars, played several songs. We just had a lot of fun with it. And we've, kinda, we've kept in touch. And David, he was talking about this event center even before they'd broken ground. I mean, the city hospital is still standing.
0: <laughs> Which and, is
9: where the library expansion is now, right? Right, right. And so he just kept he kept uh telling me, "Hey, remember we've got this event center, so if you know some of these folks that are that are going to be traveling through town, um let's get them in there so I don't know it was, it was middle of january, and omicron was it was almost Raging. everywhere, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so we were kind of looking ahead in in um April, kind of made the the decision then yeah it's gonna it's gonna be really nice um." And, and that, you know, the, the, the levels, you know, the uh, COVID levels will be down. So we, we sat down with Chris Moody and David um, just on speakerphone. And Chris we, and
0: Moody, who we should. The, are, right? Yeah, the technical director.
9: Yeah. Right. Um, who has made the incredible sound system mm-hmm. in that place. But um, so it just so happened that it, it was a Thursday night, which fit perfectly in our plans. Um, she's going to play St. Louis the night before. And then she's going to be in uh, the Juke Joint Festival um, down in Mississippi on Saturday. So she's just making her way down here. It's going to be, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, like we were saying, it's a free event. So that even kind of adds a little bit more to it. I mean, you have a national act. She has this album out now called Bang at the Door. And just internationally, I mean, she's got really popular all of a sudden.
2: The door knob around. He keeps shaking the door knob around. Bang, 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 bang at the door. Bang,
3: bang, 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 bang at the
8: door. It's hard to characterize what we want to provide for the community, but it's just a Uh, different genres of music, different opportunities to hear um, professional artists and then practicing their craft. And so, um, and we've designed a a beautiful facility with phenomenal sound. Um, We're going to get to also... Play off of our teaching kitchen and our and our deli and doing the uh, barbecue uh, plate dinners and uh, that
0: will be created
8: that, in the deli they, at the all library. Of that will be created in the deli and available before and during the show um, and this just seems to really fit well um, in a, in a weekend of music you know we've got jazz programming on Friday and Saturday and then we've got the Steel Wheels concert coming in on Sunday um, the twenty fourth. This was just a nice way to kind of wrap a, uh, sort of that Roots type of music together, um, all-American music. Do you have to
0: reserve? or no, do you, d- you just, just show up. Show up Thursday, April 21st.
8: Show up, yep. The show begins at 6.30, so we would advise if you come with an appetite, come early, and get a bite to eat. Um, Brickfields will hit the stage at 6.30 um, and play their set, and then we'll finish up with Donna Harula. Are you going to be on stage at all, Paul?
9: He will plan. be doing the announcing. Okay, that's what I was. <laughs> now, on the on the website, on the uh, the Fable Public Library website, it does say register. So uh, I uh, was uh, I wasn't uh, going to ask uh, you that, but I yeah, just
8: now. In order for us to just get a, a feeling for the size of the crowds, we mm-hmm. always ask people to register in advance, just so that we have. If we look at we've got 800 registered, we know we've got a big crowd. So we're asking people to register um, prior to the event, but there is no ticket price. um, And anyone can show up, even if you didn't register. Please come to the show. I think you'll be impressed with with what we're presenting.
0: We're a nonprofit. You're a nonprofit. When you do some of these programs um, and you're doing them for free, you have some help. Yeah, any,
8: yeah, we we uh, clearly will take any donations uh, that anyone would like to make to help ma- fund bringing this level of act to, to Fayetteville. So anywhere from $5 to $5,000, we'll take whatever it is that you feel like is, is worth it to you and to your community. David
0: Johnson is the executive director of the Fayetteville Public Library. We also heard Paul Kelso, host of the Generic Blues Show on KUAF every Friday night at 9 and every Sunday afternoon at 4 on KUAF3. The free concert with Brickfields and the Donahurilla Trio
2: is Thursday night at the library from 630 until 9. Ozarks at Large is underwritten, in part, by the Walton Family Charitable Support Foundation. World-renowned Irish pianist Michael McHale will present a free concert Friday, April 8th at 7 p.m. at Covenant Presbyterian Church, 4511 Weddington Drive in Fayetteville. Michael is a featured soloist with orchestras worldwide, such as the London Symphony, and tours regularly with flutist Sir James Galway. 973-4500 for more information.
0: This is Ozarks Large. With me on the phone from her office in Bella Vista is Becca Martin-Brown, features editor at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Hello, Becca.
10: Hi, Kyle. Normally, I would talk about what I'm going to talk about just because I like watching your head explode. (laughs) Okay. But I actually have another motive. Yesterday should have been my 10th wedding anniversary with Mm. my college sweetheart that we got back together in middle age. And unfortunately, cancer had different ideas and we had 32 days
8: Mm.
10: together. So this weekend, I'm picking things he would like to go do. And the top of the list is the Ozark Mountain UFO Conference in Eureka Springs. This has been going
0: on for some time.
10: Now in its 34th year, and he would have loved it. (laughs) He would have just loved it. And they have, as I think he's their keynote speaker, somebody that if you're interested in UFO stuff at all, you know this man's name. His name is Nick Pope, and he worked for the British government for something that you might call their Mm X-Files. It was his job to assess the national security implications of UFO sightings, identify potential threats, and draft material for the public affairs office so they could respond to questions from the media. Interesting to get to interviewing because in the UFO community now, there's a movement toward thinking that perhaps UFOs come from an alternate timeline or someplace like that. And the first thing he said about that question was, usually they're misidentifications. <laughs> right. But every once in a while. So it should be really interesting. He says, if you're a skeptic, that's fine with him. Come anyway. I would be excited to go to the UFO conference just because they got to have great merchandise that I would want.
0: I imagine so, yes.
10: So this is today through Sunday at the end of the Ozarks in Eureka Springs. It's 20 to $30 for individual speakers, 35 to $80 for day passes, or you can do the whole weekend for $150 or the whole weekend for $50 streaming. Oh, okay. And you can find out more at OzarkUFOconference.com. Now, while you're up there in a completely normal thing, you need to eat, right? Absolutely. Peggy Hill has a new restaurant. Really? Peggy Hill, if you don't recognize her name, is the wife of Lakota Sioux flutist John Twohawks. And she says that two years ago, she told him she was done touring with him. She wanted to stay home in Eureka Springs. She didn't mean home, home, like inside her house. Right. For two years. But she still wanted to do something for Eureka and she loves to cook. And she says she was tired of watching The prices Right. So she's opened the Three Sisters Cafe, which is off of US 62 at Three Dogwood Ridge. And it's kind of Ozark comfort food. Turkey, roast beef, and Swiss cheese on a panini. Mm. Chicken salad on a croissant. Corn mm. casserole. Three bean salad. Zucchini bread. And bread pudding on the dessert menu. Can't go wrong with that. She's open 10 to 3, uh, Thursday through Monday. And you can find out more at Three com, Or you could go in the complete other direction and go to Siloam Springs, where they're having, for the first time after a couple of years, the Northwest Arkansas Gem, Mineral, and Jewelry Show. Who doesn't love sparkly rocks? I think everybody loves
0: sparkly rocks.
10: And this... It's just so much fun because there's all these beautiful, shiny things to look at, and fossils, and jewelry, and we all know about my weakness for that. And they're going to have demonstrations of how to make wire jewelry, wire-wrapped jewelry, and beaded jewelry, and they're going to have a silent auction, and they have a new kids' corner. It's from 9 to 5 Saturday and 10 to 4 Sunday at the Silent Springs Community Building on North Mount Olive Street. It's a $3 donation to get in. Now, we also have Bentonville West High School is doing Seussical the Musical this weekend. 7 o'clock tonight, 2 o'clock, and 7 o'clock tomorrow, 2 o'clock on Sunday, 10 to $15. Vintage Market Days is this weekend. Didn't Don't it, go there unless you have money.
0: Didn't we just have that? I, I must be thinking of something else.
10: No, we talked about it, oh, but okay. it's actually this weekend. Okay, okay. 10 to 5 today and Saturday, 10 to 4 Sunday at the Benton County Fairgrounds. And the Victory Film Series has returned to Arkansas Public Theater at the Victory in Rogers with The Princess Bride tonight at 8 o'clock. Oh,
0: that's a favorite. And
10: Steel Magnolias tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. And then on the 16th, they're doing a thing with the Cinema Society of the Ozarks called Man with a Movie Camera. It's going to be the silent film accompanied by the Montopolis Orchestra.
3: Yeah, that's
0: going to be a lot of fun. You don't have to, but if you want to, you can stay busy.
10: I don't know. I think maybe you have to.
0: (laughs) You might be right. You might be right. Becca Martin-Brown features editor at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette.
9: Hi, my name is Paul your host for the Generic Blues Show, which airs every Friday night at 9 o'clock. Join me this Friday, I've got an interview with award-winning Delta Blues slide player Donna Harula. She talks about the international success that she had with her most recent CD release called Bang at the Door. She's also excited to bring her acoustic trio to the Fateful Public Library on Thursday, April 21st for a free concert. Opening that show is local favorites, Brickfield's Blues Therapy. Again, that's the Generic Blue Show every Friday night at 9 o'clock. We'll see you then.
3: This is Ozarks at Large. The Galactic Masquerade Prom, the first LGBTQ plus high school prom to be privately staged in Arkansas, will take place April 16th, hosted by the Equality Crew. Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Froelich reports.
7: So it's not uncommon for high school youth who identify as LGBTQ plus to attend prom or to compete for a prom queen or king crown. But the galactic masquerade prom to accommodate LGBTQ plus youth in Arkansas is a first. Danielle May is CEO of prom host Equality Crew. We got started last spring
11: when my oldest son came out as transgender. um, And he realized that there are tons of organizations and supports for the adult members of the LGBTQ plus community but not so much for kiddos. Um, And so he decided he wanted to do something about that. Um, It's originally just going to be a little club in his high school. And then we decided
7: to make it a community-based organization Equality Crew's very first event was a summer ice cream social, which broke ground for this much more ambitious prom event. And so we have about 120 kids
11: registered for prom right now. We are closing registration on the 10th. Well, obviously, if there's kids that come in late, we will have grace for sure.
7: Several hundred youth are welcome to attend, she says. Equality Crew's Youth Planning Committee selected the sci-fi theme. There is no dress code, May says, so prom tucks and gowns, casual wear, and cosplay or costume play, movie, book, or video game character attire are all welcome. Basically a free event for 10th and 12th
11: graders, um... We're saying anybody under the rainbow and their allies um, Northwest Arkansas, surrounding areas, um, including homeschoolers, it's on um, Saturday, April
7: 16th from 7 to 10 30. Tickets are free. The Transition Closet in Fayetteville, which supplies donated clothing and gender-confirming undergarments free of charge to LGBTQ plus youth in the region, is providing regalia to prom goers.
11: And so we've been collecting donations, um, both in-kind and cash. And so we have a huge collection of Formal wear that's currently being housed at the transition closet. And we've been, we have a um, team of stylists who have been working with kiddos to figure out like what they want their look to be and what kind of outfit they want so that we can try to help match them with that. Um, and then they'll be coming to the transition closet to try everything on. There's going to be um, fitting and alterations provided by Interform. We have a lot of. Um, hair, nail, and makeup stylist that will be providing in-kind services the day of prom.
7: But the location of the prom, Mae says, is not being publicized. Yes, so we are not disclosing the location to
11: anyone other than ticket holders and background checked volunteers um, just for the safety of prom attendees who may not be out and also to kind of try to deter folks who should not be there from Hanging out.
7: The Equality Crew Youth Planning Committee has been very mindful in coordinating the Galactic Prom, she says. I mean,
11: even the not sharing the location, that was something that they said must be in place. Um, Making it free, making sure mutual aid is available. The adults had this fabulous idea that we would provide. A plated seated gourmet meal, because most kids like before prom, you go out to the fancy restaurant and then you go to prom. And so we're like, well, if we can provide it all in the same safe environment so that they can still have that experience, they squashed that idea very quickly. They said we want dino nuggets, mac and cheese, candy and cupcakes.
7: Registration is required to attend. Tickets, along with proof of school enrollment, must be presented to enter the prom. Parents and legal guardians are not invited to attend, but a pre-approved crew of volunteers will be present. A DJ has been hired with a trans artist and drag performers. All vendors are LGBTQ plus and culturally diverse owned. Daniel May says donations are welcome to Equality Crew to offset prom costs and for future projects. They can go to the
11: slash prom and it has that's where um, kiddos can get tickets. Um, it's where people can donate as individuals. They can sponsor as a company or a group and they can also donate towards the um, mutual aid as
7: well. Sponsors include Tyson Foods, Johnson & Johnson Consumer Health, Follies in Bentonville IDK Cafe, Your May, and more. Equality Crew has posted an FAQ to help parents sort out the event, including stating that the safety and well-being of attendees is a priority with professional security on site.
11: We know that Just what they face in their daily life is just kind of exacerbated um, with prom and with the gender biases um, and that it can just be challenging to find like fun and exciting things that are inclusive and safe for them to enjoy. Um, And so we're really wanting them to have that opportunity to experience the feeling of community and acceptance, both themselves as individuals, but also within their LGBTQ youth community.
7: Again, registration remains open through April 10th for the Galactic Masquerade Prom, the evening of April 16th. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Jacqueline Froelich. This is Ozarks at Large, and I'm Rachel Sanchez-Smith.
0: I'm Kyle Kellums. We're a couple of weeks into spring, whether it feels like it outside or not, so let's spend some time outdoors.
3: The Benville Farmers Market opens its 2022 season tomorrow on the City Square. The market will take place every Saturday from 7.30 to 1 o'clock through the end of October. Tomorrow's market will be guest hosted by Better Homes and Gardens.
0: Later this month, on the 24th, the Botanical Garden of the Ozarks will host an Earth Day celebration. The 24th is a Sunday, and the BGO will welcome visitors that day from 1 to 5. There will be Live reptiles and amphibians on hand from the Ozark Natural Science Center. Goats to meet and pet from Greedy Goats NWA. Opportunities to explore the gardens and more. Admission free for garden members. Non-members admission is $10 for adults. $5 for children ages 12 to 4. Children 3 and under are free.
3: The Omni Center Living Landscape Program will present a rain garden and stormwater workshop on Saturday, April 16th at 1 p.m. at the Omni Center in Fayetteville. There will be demonstrations of techniques for using stormwater to enhance landscaping, reduce pollution of rivers and streams, and recharge our aquifer. Much more information can be found at omnicenter.org.
0: And the annual Dogwood 10K, 5K, and fun run will take place at Bob Henry Park in Salem Springs beginning Saturday, the 23rd. Lie, uh, links to register and more information can be found at SolomSprings.com.
2: The Northwest Arkansas Naturals will host the Wichita Wind Surge at their 2022 home opener Tuesday, April 12th at 7.05 p.m. at R.V.S. Ballpark in Springdale. Ticket options, a full list of promotions, and more available online at nwanaturals.com. Washington Regional's Her Health Clinic is committed to empowering all women by giving them the care and resources they need to take control of their own health. Gynecology services, prenatal care, childbirth, infertility treatments, and more are available at Her Health Clinic, located in Washington Regional's Women and Infant Center in Fayetteville. wregional.com slash herhealth to learn more. This is Ozarks at Large. Let's go to the movies.
7: Henry.
1: Celia. It's
7: been a long time.
1: They've opened the books on flight 127. The hijackers had help from inside our station here in Vienna. We need to find out if we had a mole.
0: Vic has me looking into flight 127.
7: So this is an interview. I thought you were here to see if we still had that old spark.
0: That is a hint of a film that is streaming beginning today called All the Old Knives. It sounds like it's a thriller. Courtney Lanning is here to
6: help us out. Courtney, is this a thriller? This is a thriller, Kyle, and it's also a thriller to be here. (laughs) Well, thank you.
0: Uh, We have some really charismatic actors in this, Tandy Newton, who many people may remember from HBO's uh, Westworld, uh, Chris Pine, who has is the new latest Captain Kirk, Lawrence Fishburne, just an outstanding cast.
6: Yes, and let me tell you, Chris Pine and Tandy William Newton together, they have just this wonderful chemistry. Uh, they're ex-lovers, they're both spies, and they really just add an extra layer to this mystery. And of course. Lawrence Fishburne is, is great as always, too.
0: Spy films can be like these big, bombastic sorts of things, or they can be intricate, like Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. Where does this one land?
6: So, you know, this is more of a quiet spy thriller. So don't go in expecting Mission Impossible, uh, which Way Newton was also in. Oh, that's right. People are recall the second one. Uh, this is something a little more like Clear and Present Danger, Harrison Ford classic from the mid nineties, uh, just minus Willem Defoe. you know, there's, it's a lot more gradual. There's a lot more mystery to it as you try to figure out what's going on. Um, and it really takes its time to unwind, but it's so worth it because it's, it's beautifully shot. Um, there's this really claustrophobic intense film score that goes with it. That just really gets you on the edge of your seat. It's, it's a perfectly put together little film.
0: You mentioned mystery is, and, and I don't want you to give anything away, but is the mystery about who might or might not be a spy, that sort of thing, who might or might not
6: get caught? Yeah, so the basic premise is um, Chris Pine and Tani Wade Newton are both spies. Tani Wade Newton is an ex-spy and they meet to have dinner. Uh, and Chris Pine is essentially interviewing her, trying to get the facts on what happened X number of years ago. And the, the big mystery is um, about, I think it's a decade before the present day, uh, a plane was hijacked and terrorists ended up killing everybody on board. Mm. And they're trying to figure out who in their office was a mole who fed the terrorists information. That's what they're trying to figure out in present day. So Chris Pine is tasked with figuring out who this mole is whether it's Tandy Wade Newton's character or one or two other characters that appear in the film. And, you know, the whole thing is them having dinner at this, this Oceanside restaurant in California, but everything else unfolds through flashbacks and you see what their relationship was like. And you get bits and pieces of, Oh, somebody made a mysterious phone call to Iran and who was using the phone and why did they leave the office at this time? And it's, just a very gradual mystery that pieces itself together as you're trying to figure out who the villain is. And even by the end of the story, if they were really a villain at all.
0: Hmm. At the end, and sometimes these spy thrillers can be high concept and hard to all wrap up again, not giving anything away, but were you satisfied with how it ended?
6: Oh, absolutely. Uh, You know, by the time the credits rolled, I just, I was just left there sitting, trying to figure out again, was the person who ended up being the bad guy really a bad guy? Hmm. Um, and you know, it, it's it'll leave you thinking. It's it's a really, really great film.
0: Streaming on Amazon Prime, right? Absolutely, opening today. All right, so two thumbs up from Courtney Lanning about all the old knives.
6: Yes, and in fact, and I know it's early, but it, I think this will probably end up going on my top ten movies of twenty twenty two.
0: Okay, all right. Uh, what else is coming out this week?
6: So the other big movie opening this week is of course Sonic Two,
7: is this uh, which the Hedgehog? is based on
6: yes, okay. Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Jim Carrey, Doctor Robotnik. Uh, you'll recall the first Sonic movie came out right as we were getting into this pandemic, maybe a little before, before everything locked down, and of course now Sonic Two is out and. We're still here, still in a pandemic. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, we have spanned the
0: Sonics. Uh, I'm guessing that we won't be talking about Sonic 2 next week. What do you
6: hope we're conversing about next week? I hope to review a new science fiction movie coming out called Duel, Dual D U A L. Not a not a gun fight, but two. Gotcha. Um, it's about a dying woman who clones herself for her family only to be miraculously cured after the cloning process is finished and then it leaves her in an awkward situation.
0: Ugh, right? I would not want a clone of me in my household.
6: Now, I feel like there was a Netflix series where Paul Rudd did that to himself and I, I didn't see it, but I don't think it went well.
0: <laughs> You're not talking critically, you mean the plot. It. <laughs> yes, I think the plot. Yes. I don't think
6: it worked out too well for
0: him. All right. All the Old Knives. Oh, and if it's not giving something away, what does All the Old Knives refer to? The title?
6: I think it's just a... A um, spy type. A reference. Yeah, I think it's a, a reference to, you know, knife in the back, who's, who's putting the knife in your back, et cetera. All right. I could be completely wrong, but that's my take.
0: Okay. All the Old Knives, full review in today's Democrat Gazette. You can see it right now on Amazon Prime.
6: Courtney Lanning, thank you. Thanks for having me.
2: We've all heard it. We've probably even said it ourselves. But things have changed over the past three years. But some things have not changed, including our listeners and members wanting to do anything they can to help out their community. And now things are beginning to happen again. And our local nonprofits are needing our help. In the past, a KUAF volunteer had a very important role of answering telephones during our on-air fundraisers. And while that was an incredibly important role, we've got bigger ideas. And we want to share them with you. Join us for KUAF Reengage, a drop-in event Friday, April 22nd, here at the Carver Center for Public Radio. From five to seven that day, we'll have food and refreshments, local nonprofit groups in need of your help, and information on KUAF's plans to re-engage our listeners to the public's needs. KUAF Reengage, April 22nd. Stay tuned to 91.3 for more details.
0: This is Ozarks at Large with me inside the Anthony and Susan Hoy News Studio. Sherry Otaviano, our membership director. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. You get to play not Santa Claus today, but you get to play Oprah because you're going to say you (laughs) get a KUAF prize and you get a KUAF (laughs) prize. First, every month we name a winner who is a member in Good Standing.
5: Exactly. And what I decided to do this month, since we had a spring on-air fundraiser, five days' worth, I chose five winners. uh, Everybody who donated during the month of March, and I included April 1st.
0: All right. So you picked five names
5: at random. And I'm going to go ahead and list those now. Sure. Dave and Betty Nichols of Fayetteville, Arkansas. Mike and Chris Horseman of Fayetteville, Arkansas, Don Nix of Winslow, Mark Lemoyeux of Fayetteville, Arkansas, and Bob and Kathy Harriel of Fayetteville, Arkansas. All five of these uh, are winners of a, a night out on KUAF.
0: So what will these households receive?
5: They will get tickets for movies at Malco, at theaters, and a gift card to Mockingbird Kitchen.
0: All right. Those are winging their way in the mail now.
5: That's exactly right.
0: All right. So, the next time you and I talk, we'll be giving away, uh, we'll, we'll be announcing a winner, or at least a winner. I don't know. It just <laughs> I might
5: so, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just become so generously Uh If you're a member in Kutzeni, and if you want, you can go to supportkuf.com. That's right. All right. And boy, what a fun Friday we had that last day of the Spring it was, Fundraiser.
5: It was great. We heard from so many people, and I really am humbled by our listeners and the support they show for our community and for KUAF.
0: Sherry Taliano, thanks for your time.
5: Thank you. That's
1: Chick Korea in the background doing blues in the afternoon. And I'm Robert Ginsberg, your host for Shades of Jazz. We'll hear more from Chick, as well as Kitty Bargolis, George Gables,
8: Duke Ellington, Steve Wilson, and much more. Tune in to Shades of Jazz every Friday and Saturday, right here on KUAF, 91.3
1: FM, listener-supported national public radio.
0: Robert Ginsberg and Shades of Jazz tonight, beginning at 10 on 91.3 KUAF, then tomorrow from 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. on KUAF3.
3: This is KUAF 91.3 FM, Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Bentonville, and Prairie Grove. KUAF is a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. Today's show was produced by Timothy Dennis. Contributors today included Michael Tilley, Becca Martin-Brown, Jacqueline Froelich, and Courtney Lanning. Thanks to KUAF's
0: membership director, Sherry Otaviano, for dropping by. Our theme, The First Hurrah, is written and performed by Daryl Sean.
3: From the Carver Center for Public Radio,
0: I'm Rachel Sanchez-Smith. And I'm Kyle Kellams. And don't forget, we will be back with you Sunday morning at 9 for Weekend Ozarks at Large. If you ever miss an edition of Daily Ozarks at Large, just... Ask your smart speaker to please play Ozarks at Large and you'll hear the most recent daily edition. You can also keep up with us at OzarksAtLarge.com. And there is the free KUAF app for iPhone and iPad that lets you listen to Ozarks at Large on demand, as well as all of the streams that KUAF offers. Thanks so much for your continued support and your continued attention. We'll be back with you Sunday morning, then Monday at noon, we start a brand new week of daily shows.